You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast, hosted by Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. Happy Columbus Day. It is Columbus Day. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't say anything about Columbus. One source I was looking at. It's uh, Indigenous Peoples Day. Yes. Uh, it's interesting how we've kind of gone back and forth. So I'm going to help you out a little bit, especially with your kids, because I posted a couple of videos about, uh, this is a spe- specifically about the time 400 years ago when a man named Christopher Columbus set sail from Portugal, and he was sailing west, of course. It's all about all he knew. He had the night sky and a sextant, and that was it, and the wits about him. I wondered if sometimes maybe the bad vibes about Columbus started because he was pretty overtly Christian, if you look at some of the literature is about that. Now, I know nowadays a lot of people will be like, why and all this? But it's interesting, isn't it, how we've taken a person and over the years now he's just vilified. You know, it's like, wait a minute, which which is true? You know, I mean, we, we named cities after him and universities and all kinds of things and built statues and all that stuff. And, and now it's like he's, he's the devil incarnate. You know, it's like, well, which one is true or not? It's amazing how we can be our thought process can be skewered and things like that about him but uh it's interesting a uh, little five minute videos there's a couple of them that i posted on the cup of joe morning show facebook page highly recommend watching even if you are his history major and you know all about a man named christopher columbus i always thought it was interesting because hardly anybody talks about why did he propose that he would go out and look for a trade route over water. I w- I'm going to go west and see if I can't go all the way around the earth and come into the Spice Islands, right, in the Arabic Sea, I think it's called. I'm, I don't, I'm not, you know, up on geography, but to come in that way. Why, why would you want to do that? Because the overland travel went through Muslim-occupied territory. And they had a very difficult time. You know, they would watch you go to the land of the riches and then come back with your riches and then attack you and stuff. So that was one of the reasons it got to be a very difficult thing to do. Very costly stuff. That's one of the reasons. But uh, it did, one thing is for sure that everybody can agree on, it did really change, uh, you know, the West. the West came to a new place. He might not know exactly where he was in the world, but hey, not many people did. But it did change what was happening, you know, forever. But so it's interesting. And I'm also going to post, because I came across an article that National Geographic had done, not one mention about Columbus, which I thought he probably used to be on the cover not all that long ago, right? But uh, so they were, it was an article uh, about indigenous people and specifically to the Northeast, you know, where'd they come from, what they do, and all that kind of stuff. So I thought I would post that for you as well, too, because we all know we want you to be well rounded here on Cup of Joe. The Sound of Life. Welcome to Cup of Joe Morning Show. Uh, yes, on the 10th, that's the way it is. Yes, Cup of Joe Morning Show Hotline. Yes, how can I help you out, ma'am? I want to hear the mock. The Mark Twain, I, I don't know the right, it's not a slogan, it's a, a mess, the Mark Twain message. If I could hear it again, about the violet and oh. forgiveness, and I'll be listening. Thank you, Joe, and stay well and safe. Uh, you're certainly welcome The violent and forgiveness. Well, Mark Twain, get a hold of this, you ready? Forgiveness is the fragrance that the violet sheds on the heel that crushed it. Wow. Think about that. Pretty cool. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Hey, I am Joe. Turns out I was way ahead of the, the uh, well, you know, the, the popular culture uh, back in the 1980s. I mean, in kind of a good way, because uh, I would hang out at the diner. It's, it's, <laughs> you can tell my boss now. I mean, it's been a long time. Hasn't it? So I used to get up. I wasn't married or anything. You know, I'd go to the diner. I'd go to Friendly's when I lived up in Gilderland. Well, it's up from now. So when I lived in Gilliland, and so, you know, great places. There was a lot of camaraderie there. I got to know the people that worked there. <laughs> this is pretty sad. I was there a lot. I should have been working. But I was hanging out. That's kind of the way it is. I was having fun. Turns out this phenomenon has been repeated in a way that's very tangible. In a country called Australia, back in 2005, 
There were 200, now they call them men's sheds, okay? It is a place originally designed that men would go in the community, would go there, and they would make things out of wood. There were 200 in 05. Now there's 1,200. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It, the, the, I mean, but the concept was just to get together, make things out of wood, but in reality... It's about plugging into the social fabric of the community, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you meet up for coffee, park bench, listening to problems someone going through. That's the reason you have men's breakfast, you know, on Saturday morning. A lot of churches have men's breakfast on Saturday morning. Sometimes they do it once a month. Men just get up and get together because they just want to get together and fellowship, let's call it, right? It's interesting how... That need is put into us by God, I do believe. Pretty amazing. Also, the need to win things, I think, is important. And we make it very easy here on Cup of Joe Morning Show. It's the Monday Mug Day. This is the first round coming up right after Dr. Tony Evans in just a couple of minutes. Probably closer to about 7.20. And it's Bible Jeopardy. Although you do not have to put your answer in the form of a question, which is always hard for people to do, even when they're told to do that on television. So I'm not going to inquire you to do that, but it's going to be pretty easy multiple choice question. And not only if you win, first person with the correct answer on the hotline, which is 800-946-1765, you win the one and only Cup of Joe morning show travel mug, but now it comes with a sample of Joe coffee. That's right. You will see when it all comes down in just a few minutes. Your daily dose of encouragement. I've got a smile on my face and a twinkle in my eye. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. Here we go. It's Monday Mug Day and of course the first person on the Cup of Joe hotline with the correct answer. You win the Cup of Joe Morning Show travel mug. The one and only with Joe Coffee. I got a sample of it for you in there, right? Goes right in the mug, all right? So here's the question. First person on the hotline, which is toll-free, 800-946-1765. Here's the question. It's a biblical question. The man who wrote the first five books of the Old Testament, was it Moses, Shakespeare, or J.R.R. Tolkien, all right? You tell me who wrote the first five books of the Bible. Here we go. Open. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I've stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words putting into sentence doing. The sound of life. Yes, it is Monday Mug Day, the first of two opportunities to win the Cup of Joe Morning Show Travel Mug with Joe Coffee. Pretty amazing. Let's go to the Cup of Joe Morning Show Hotline. I think we got live and on the line here. Good morning. Who's this? This is Paula. Hey, Paula. I hope you're doing well. I am hobbling around with a sprained ankle, but otherwise, yes. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, thank you for your perseverance. May God take that pain away. Wow. Amen. I pray all the time. Amen. I love your show. I love this station. (laughs) Thanks, Paula. Do you want my mug? Sure. Okay. It's going to come with a sample of Joe Coffee, if you can handle that. All right. Answer this question for me. The man who wrote the first five books of the Bible, of the, um, yeah, the Old Testament, the Bible, was it Moses, Shakespeare, or J.R.R. Tolkien, Paula? <laughs> I can't See there? Of course it's Moses. There you go. I made your day. All right. Awesome. You did. You did. You do, you do cheer me up in the morning. Sometimes I'm not feeling so chipper, and I just... I just love listening to you. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Pop some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. The Sound of Life. I am Joe, and it happened in Richmond, Virginia. At a sad occasion, it was police officer Sierra Burton's funeral. And the lieutenant, the police lieutenant there, said somebody walked into the station and handed over a white envelope. And inside it was eight $1 bills, an anonymous donation. It was from the homeless community of Richmond. So at the funeral, he said, there have been many valuable gifts given in honor of Sierra, but none, and I mean none, more valuable than the gift of eight $1 bills in a dirty white envelope. Isn't that amazing? Now, that act of kindness sparked a movement in the city. 
and the community is rallying behind the homeless population. They have collected enough donations to fill an entire room at the Richmond Fire Station. They got blankets, coats, water, tents, and more. Must feel good to people who are out on the street who normally are just invisible. That's what I've been told. People who have gone out and pretended to be homeless, you know, be with the homeless population for a night or two to see what it's like. They said the thing that really gets you is that you're just invisible to most of society. Well, now they're not. They must really feel like, wow, these people really care about us. They love us. And it's, you know, was started by an act of kindness that what? Had a few, had eight $1 bills. Does that remind you of a little boy bringing his lunch to Jesus saying, well, you know, I don't know. This is all I got right here. And Jesus said, watch me work. That's what he loves to say. The sound of life. Okay, I came up with a new pancake recipe. You guys are trying to rain on my party over here. Hey, I am Joe, and um, I just now figured out how I can separate the eggs because I've seen that in waffle recipes, you know, a large egg or two. I guess maybe it's two. And then you separate them. And I was like, why do you separate them? So I had to do a little research. So you separate out the egg white and you beat it, preferably with a mixer. You want to get as much air into it as you can. It makes for a fluffy product, a fluffy waffle or pancake. That's one of the secrets right there. I came across this recipe. uh, It says Denny's inspired fluffy pancake recipe. One cup of buttermilk. All my life, my dad made buttermilk pancakes from scratch. And then I thought, that's right. Instead of water, use buttermilk. So I went out and bought buttermilk and got looks. <laughs> no. And then, but see, I'm not using flour now. So that's one, that's what I'm trying to overcome with gluten free flour, which is made out of tapioca starch and rice flour and pecan flour and other different type, you know, anything like that. But the the, the, the all-purpose flour is what makes it really fluffy. But um, so I did that in my mix has the baking powder and the baking soda and the salt. But I did the egg and I separated it and I whipped the egg white like that and uh, put a little melted butter in the mix there too. That was a little bit of difference. And the buttermilk and plus the fact that I was really hungry for breakfast Saturday. <laughs> so... But I mixed them up 350 degrees on the on the griddle and uh, held my breath and put them in there. And, man, they came out really, really good. And i tell you one secret my dad taught me, too, is that, and this may sound a little bit silly, but uh, heat your syrup a little bit. Just, just heat it up just a wow, little bit. Wow, that's right? awesome. There you go. <laughs> Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't imagine traveling to school every day without it. It helps me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The sound of life. Here we go. Yes, it's round two of Monday Mug Day. Unprecedented fun this morning. Oh, boy. Well, you know what? On cloudy days from now, we're going to do two. That's amazing. On Monday Mug Day, that's the way it is. Uh, so, I got to go to the hotline see if, see if I got a live one on the phone here. Good morning, Cup of Joe Morning Show. Who's this? Hi, this is Jessica. Hey, Jessica. I hope you're doing well. I certainly am. How are you? Good. You want my mug? I do. Yay! <laughs> you don't mind if it comes with a little sample of Joe coffee, do you? No, no. I love coffee. That'll be fun. All right. So, you got to answer this. In what language was the Old Testament written? Was it Spanish, English, or Hebrew? It was written in Hebrew. Hebrew is right, Jessica. You are going to the head of the class with a Cup of Joe Morning Show travel mug. Congratulations. Awesome. Thank you. You are certainly welcome, Jessica. Boy, Mondays are fun on Cup of Joe Morning Show. And who knows? Maybe even if next Monday's sunny, we'll do too. (laughs) I think we'll put it in the books, right? With a Cup of Joe as a sample. Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show, the sound of life. Big anniversary today of a woman that I probably ought to check out and know more about. Eleanor Roosevelt was born on this day in 1884. Of course, she lived with her husband. And I, oh, I saw one of, uh, you know, the, the president of the United States at one time. Um, 
in Hyde Park. And then when he died, she moved across the street. Eleanor Roosevelt there. And uh, not to be confused with Theodore Roosevelt, but Franklin Roosevelt was her husband, right? She did a lot of stuff. She did a lot of cool stuff. I think she basically started, was her idea for the Tuskegee Airmen uh, during World War II, I believe. But uh, from what I understand, she was quite a person. Um, And she once said, and this can be taken, and boy, this ought to be put up in every place where you need to look at it and you need strength, courage, and confidence. Well, those are three big things, right? Eleanor Roosevelt said, you know, you gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. That's what I'm talking about. A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The Sound of Life. And I tell you, you know, when I tell you about this high school team and the pastor that's affiliated with them because it's an outreach at the church, and I just get a feeling you're thinking, well, it won't happen here, right? And this was down south. It did, but it's pretty cool. Matty T. Blount High School Leopards. So no matter how they perform on the football field, they've really already won because the team just doesn't have coaches and players in the locker room. They have a pastor, Pastor Wesley Davis. He's uh, <laughs> through God working through him, and he can do this through anybody. Don't think it's just him. He doesn't have anything magical, you know. But Pastor Davis is a senior pastor at Nazarene Full Gospel Church, and uh, he's part of the congregation's ministry to reach out to kids at risk. And he said, all you have to do is take the time and say, how can we help? It doesn't have to be on the grand scale. It can be something as small as showing up, walking in the hallway, he said. Yeah, well, God did some amazing things with the football team. Thanks to his efforts back, uh, I think it was in May, 60 football players got baptized and more being led to the Lord. Now, that's an incredible number of people that are walking the halls of that school, sitting in the classrooms where the Holy Spirit is living in them as believers and affecting that school. It's incredible. I just get very excited like they do. It's funny. They had a big game last week and Thursday night before the big Friday game, the pastor gave him the pep talk and he used Gideon as the example. Yeah. You know, that small farmer that God called to do something incredible and they gave the Israelites victory over the Midianites. Well, that was a big deal, right? But, I mean, their stakes were a lot more modest. A football game, of course, is, you know. He said, what happens if we win the game? We go to the playoffs. Yeah. Well, they you know, weren't likely to win the game. They were 2-4 and four on the season, and the team they played was undefeated, and they lost like 35 to nothing. But that's okay, see, because... You know, it's a lot more important. He said, let me assure you, 35 to nothing losses on the football field don't matter one bit. What God put in your heart on the path to it and from it has made all the difference in the world and the next. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Might as well get up do something. The Sound of Life. So I'm going to describe something for you kids because I always like to give you some really cool stuff right here because I know you're under the gun evolutionary-wise, you know, people. I've seen I've seen the arguments, all that stuff, you know. It's science. It's proven science. You dispute science. <laughs> it's like, whoa, back up here a second. I'm going to tell you about the relationship between a tree and a moth that live out in the Mojave Desert. First of all, this is a type of a yucca tree. It's called the Joshua tree. And the only place it grows on the earth is the Mojave Desert in the southwest U.S. All right? And there ain't much there, kids. I mean, there's not a lot of foliation. You don't look out the window and go, wow. Now, the Mojave Desert, is it's tough. It's tough survival out there. Okay? All right. But it relies solely on a moth for pollination. And the moth relies on the trees for its reproduction. You know, the old birds and the bees, you got that. Okay, so this is pretty cool because you have different species of Joshua trees. They have different sized flowers. And lo and behold, you have different sized moths. 
And the moth that fits a certain flower, well, it kind of knows which flower to go to, you know. And and but and it won't work if it doesn't go. A specific species of moth goes to a particular species of Joshua tree with the flower. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like wow. That's that. I mean, that's 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 called a symbiotic relationship. I do believe, and it's a perfect match. That's the thing. And so it's uh, you know it goes in there and it gets the pollen while it's laying its eggs and the eggs produce a little larva and the larva actually eat part of the flower but just enough right they don't destroy the plant or anything but just enough until it can survive and turn into a moth again and starts all over again it's pretty cool i mean evolutionists will call it i'm gonna give you a word they call it co-evolution but man that's a special relationship isn't it you know when you see that i don't care what you call it it's like that seems like it has to be made. Like, you know, if I'm putting together a model of an airplane and those parts got to fit together perfect, right? And they never do. But anyway, that's a... But, you know, you would think it has to be made, right? To, at the beginning, it has to... At the start, I just don't see how it can... I mean, maybe at one time the moth, you know, a moth can adapt... Maybe the legs get longer, so I don't know. But I just think that is really pretty cool, right? Yeah. Conspiracy. Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. If I was to ask you a question, we have fun on Monday mug days, mainly because, you know, Monday you need a little extra getting going. We're having fun two times now on Monday. It's unprecedented. 7.20 and 8.20. Maybe maybe coming up this Monday be 6.20 and 7.20. Chance to win the Cup of Joe Morning Show travel mug with a sample of Joe Coffee. That's it. So, you know, contests have been on radio, television for a long time. It's knees. But today's the anniversary, apparently, of when the very first quiz program debuted on the radio, 1936. I know it was called Professor Quiz. And so they had uh, the professor and his wife and a kid on there, too. <laughs> Pretty amazing. The program pitted five people from the audience huh, against each other. I don't imagine they, they would have had to come in and do it in person. See, that was the old school radio. Everything was done in person. Uh, so you'd have several rounds of question and uh, questions until the winner got a cash prize and then additional prizes went to listeners who sent in questions that were used on the air i thought it was fascinating because you'd win like 25 dollars, but you won silver dollars that's kind of a neat little gimmick the second quiz came on pretty quick after because it's very popular you know it was called uncle jim's question b that's kind of Kind of neat thing right there, I thought, right? And speaking of Uncle Jim, Jim, do you ever remember a favorite a quiz or contest on the radio? They used to have these contests where they would give you hints about something and you had to, you know, you had to figure it out. Right. Uh, there'd be a, an answer of some sort uh, and they'd give you all these hints. It was a game like that. Uh, I remember that, yeah. Point. You had to keep uh, listening because then you got more hints the longer you listen. Yes, so somebody would get the answer and then they would win whatever prize they had. How about television? You got you watch anything or you remember watching stuff on television like a, a game show? Oh, Price is Right. Oh, really? <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I love that. I love the Price is Right. As a matter of fact, I DVR it. Do you really? Yeah, because it's on, you know, it's on 11 o'clock in the morning and I'm not usually around, but then I can fast forward through it. Now, be honest. Have you ever won? What, on The Price is Right? Yeah. No, 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 no. No? Uh, I were out to Los Angeles one time years ago, and we did go to the show. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Look, I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. The Sound of Life. So up comes the idea of reheating pizza, and I saw this and never knew it in my life, but the idea, it's actually from a pizza maker, you know, commercial pizza maker as they said i mean, I mean literally a pizza brand <clears throat> is to um, take the slice and put it in a metal container like a metal dish and put like a tablespoonful of water in it 
Yeah, that's the difference. And they must be putting it on the oven since it's metal. Someone responded, well, you can put it in the microwave. Obviously not that dish. <laughs> Take it out real quick. And then my son-in-law, because I was telling them that, he reminded me the best way to reheat pizza, my friend, is in the air fryer. If you have an air fryer. I said, really? That's the best way, huh? He said, absolutely. So there goes the whole, I was getting excited about, you know, adding a tablespoonful of water, watching the family go, what are you doing to the pizza? You know, I know how to reheat it. But then as someone has suggested, why would you even have leftover pizza? Got that right. right. (laughs) The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Oh, you're a smooth talker. You are. You are. The sound of life. Boy, is this an autumn day in the great northeast, huh? Yes. You're like, come on, sunshine. Rosemary keeps talking about, oh, beautiful day, sunshine, mid to upper 60s, maybe 70. Come on, it'd be nice. Moon was out earlier. Hunter Moon. It's that's the name of it. <laughs> you know, like we name the moons now. I never had that when I was a kid. And when I was a kid, you just look up and go, "Wow, that's some moon, huh? That's some moon. That's something that's big." Yeah. So that's kind of the Hunter Moon kind of thing. Kind of wondering how your autumn is going. Yes, indeed. Uh, yes, Jessica, how's your autumn going? Oh, it's going wonderful. I am enjoying seeing the changes. All around in life and in the world and just realizing a lot of God's goodness. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words putting into sentence doing. The sound of life. I'm Joe. I've already had it this morning. I've already seen a headline because, you know, they just pop up and you you see them. And to be honest, I mean, to really be honest. A little twinge of fear, you know, a little little twinge in there about, it could be about the economy, you know, or what's going on in the world, things like that, all kinds of things, playing on fear. And so, you know, I, I don't blame you. So don't, don't, don't kick yourself if you feel a little bit, you know, like, oh, I feel a little fear. Yes, Cup of Joe Morning Show Hotline. So tell me. Am I still not supposed to have any fear? That's a very good question, but I'll tell you one thing, and it comes from the Bible, and it has to do with, you know, saying yes to Jesus. And when you say yes to Jesus, well, he's going to leave you with a gift. And it's recorded in John chapter 14, verse 27. He said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled and afraid. How about that, all right? The sound of life. But here's something I want to address right now because uh, Jonathan McKee plugged in Movie Review, which is a service of Focus on the Family. It's quite a great website if you haven't checked it out yet. They review everything from movies to whatever's on Netflix, you know, the latest coming out, the games on Wednesday, the screens. Wednesday is screen talk time. They even have books. Remember those? Yeah, they review those books and stuff, too. People still reading. It's great. So, Jonathan, talking about screens and the inevitable. So, mom, dad, grandma, granddad, yes. You get the grandkids over, right, on the screens. So, how do you know? You know, the the, the, the common... You know, talk back is, well, you don't understand that. You don't understand what's going on, the new technology, all this stuff. And so (laughs) it's like, how do we how do we know what to do? Because we want them to make the right decisions. And, uh, you know, very shortly, they'll be making them on their own. So a little help. I do believe we're going to get into this from uh, Jonathan McKee of Plugged In. What do we do? I find it helpful to keep an eye on the calendar. When our kids are young, they need lots of guidance. 11-year-olds don't need to be chatting with strangers on social media in their bedrooms. But that 11-year-old turns 13, 15, and eventually 17. And at that point, they're about one year away from moving out and making these decisions on their own, like whether or not to chat with that stranger on social media. Are you engaging them in conversations that equip Mm. them for that day? For more about those screens in your kids' pockets, visit us at PluggedIn.com slash radio. I'm Jonathan McKee, author of Parenting Generation Screen with Focus on the Families, Plugged In. 
Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. I am Joey there on Cup of Joe Morning Show on this 12th day of October. Just double checking because I don't want you to go to all the trouble to make a gumbo and then have it not be National Gumbo Day. It has been described as the official food of Louisiana. I heard a chef from Louisiana talking about the nature of what they ate and, of course, why is it spicy? And he said, you know, we didn't have much money and we didn't have good cuts of meat, which is the key. And that's been true of a lot of places around the world, actually, even today. So you make a kind of a stew, if you will, you know, a, a gumbo, it's called there. And you put in whatever meat you have, a lot of times with the bone, right? And you put in the vegetables that you can grow. So like bell peppers and onions, uh, celery, shellfish is common in gumbo when you're in uh, because of Louisiana. See that was that was the thing. They say the secret ingredient to gumbo is chicken stock. That's what the experts say and your friends will say, "Wow, that is really good." You know. Um, and sometimes it's spicy and sometimes it isn't. I, I, the only thing is that I, I something has to have okra in it. I don't know. What is that? Jambalaya? or I thought it was gumbo. I thought the thickener was okra. I came from a generation. My parents ate okra. <laughs> I'm not an okra eater. I, I didn't I didn't get that, you know, but they ate a lot of parts that I didn't that I don't eat. That's just kind of the way it is. But uh, a gumbo, I will come by and taste your gumbo. If you're going to do that, you know, just make sure you just tell me what's in there first. No, don't tell me what's in there. It's okay. Some people would put, you know, squirrel in it. I don't know. Something like that. You know, that's what they would do. Yes. Thanks for saving me. Come on, Joe Morning Joe Outline. Yes. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning, Joe. Hey, good morning. These are your northern farming friends who have moved south. I know. Does that give you enough of a hint? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is Karen and Dave Fraley, Woo-hoo! and we're listening to you on the radio, and we're just so glad to hear your wonderful voice and know that the sound of life is still reaching out to this area. And uh, we'll see you next time. All That's right. It. Thanks, Bye-bye. Karen. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Can you imagine being buddies? You can imagine being buddies in college, right? You're at Texas A&M. You're from Texas. And you're really good buddies because you share one big thing in common, your love for Jesus. You're all Christians, right? And you get this wild idea to film making these wild trick basketball shots, trick shots. And they filmed the first one in 2009. I remember seeing one that they did off the top of the back of the stadium at Texas A&M. Brother, that is up there. And it goes off and it makes it, of course. Those things got wildly popular. They named themselves Dude Perfect. Look them up. It's a phenomenal course they had no idea that uh, what the what was going to happen with this i know i picture the little kid with the loaves and the fishes his lunch basically he just handed it over to jesus and said well you can have what i got you know i'll help out and boy they say god just took this and it just went wild i heard about him i heard they were christians and I heard that for every so many thousand views they got of a video, they would sponsor a child through Compassion International. It's pretty cool. In fact, their website reads, we're about giving back, spreading joy, and glorifying Jesus Christ. Now, the reason I'm mentioning Dude Perfect is because the big news is they're building an entertainment destination for families. Yep. Now, this is going to be in Texas. They live in Frisco, Texas. So... Imagine that's where it is. It's going to have a museum, mini golf, merch store, restaurants, two acres of outdoor space for activities because they love that. I mean, their videos are hilarious. And they're going to build, kids, a dynamic 330-foot canted tower. <laughs> it's going to be spreading out up into the sky. That's, I guess, so you can try to make trick basketball shots. I have no idea. Something like that. But I love what Corey said. Well, they got Kobe and Corey and QB and <laughs> Tyler and <laughs> Kobe, Corey. Anyway, I, the names are just funny. But they did say something kind of. They said, there's something more to life, and his name is Jesus. You put your hope in Jesus. He's the answer. 
He just is. Excellent. Yeah. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Hey, I am Joe. I was thinking about, uh, have you ever had a time in your life where something that you suddenly got caught in the middle of was just so horrendous? You really just wanted the rapture to happen like now or something, God take me now? Do you ever kind of really honestly say that? I can imagine that when this cow got out of the transport trailer over on I-95 in Massachusetts the other day, they got it on video too. You know, they had to, the, the, everybody stops, the whole interstate stops. And everybody, and the, and the guys hauling the cow had to get out and go chase it right there. Everything got captured. Massachusetts State Police said the owners were able to wrangle the bovine before the troopers got on the scene. So I imagine there was some pretty strong talk. I don't know what you say to a cow to get them back in the trailer, but I would imagine they came up with something mighty spicy right about then. And, and I say that because I've been on a highway before pulling debris off with traffic stopped or at least trying to stop the traffic. I, uh, When I was doing my internship in radio about 100 years ago and down in North Carolina and I worked part-time in construction, and uh, during one season of that, I would show up for work in the morning, and I was on a, we were on a particular job site, and my job was to take the dump truck that got loaded with debris the day before and take it out to the landfill in the rush hour traffic, my old dump truck, man, it was... <laughs> You know, at the time, you're thinking this is going to be some great memories in this, but I would like to get through this. And one day, I just didn't expect, I didn't inspect the load enough, and it had some decking material. It's just sheets of metal that they put on the roof, and, and too much of it was sticking up above the cab. But you don't know that. Now, it's not going to fall off where you're on the side streets, is it? No, no. It's going to wait until you're in the rush hour traffic zipping along as best you can with everybody in Guilford County trying to get to work and you're, you know, two lanes zipping down the highway and I heard a boom and I looked behind me and thank God, it's amazing how God works. It was a tanker drive, tractor trailer tanker truck behind me and the driver had enough sense to stop and there was this stuff in the road and I pulled over, and I went running back. My heart must have tested the limits of somebody's heartbeat. The thing that amazed me, and I thought, it must be the transfer people from New Jersey were driving around the right side of the truck over the debris to get down the highway. So, And that was one of those times, believe me, when I said, Lord, you can take me now. And I, things were happening so fast. And the guy waited for me to get the stuff back in the truck, and somehow I, I made it on my way, and I and lived here to tell about it. It did make a great story, didn't it? It's pretty amazing. Well, whole gravy and chickens. Yeah, Listener supported the sound of life. Well, I'm Joe, and maybe it's time for a cat story, right? I mean, because I mean, the last thing you want to do is to lose your cat, and my daughter has three dogs and a cat. And if you don't think that cat is looking for an opportunity to slip out that front door, <laughs> you know, he's just like, let me get out of here for a little while. And they're not going anywhere. This particular, I mean, my daughter's isn't, but this particular cat, for some reason, did. It didn't come back. It was uh, a while back. They lived in Clovis, California. Her and her husband, Harriet, did. And uh, nine years ago, the cat disappeared. And they thought, man, it must have just gotten, you know, a coyote or wolf or some, some animal got it. Then she was very distraught. And so recently, when she gets a phone call from Aiden, Idaho, <laughs> and the caller said, uh, I found your cat. <laughs> Isn't that something? I mean, yeah, it's a thousand miles from home. And yes, the cat did have a microchip. That's how the person who found it, they took it to the center and they, you know, were able to read the microchip and said, this cat's from California, dude. <laughs> Got to serve for dude in Idaho. Wow. And I agree with Harriet. 
I mean, she's all happy and giddy now, but she said, man, I wish that, that cat could talk because I want to know how in the world he got all the way to Idaho. It's one of your kids, right? Yeah. The Sound of Life. I'm Joe, and uh, I just wanted to say happy Sukkot, I guess, for our Jewish friends. Uh, Monday started the Feast of Tabernacles, which starts on sundown of Sunday. So it's really all day Monday and then ends on sundown Sunday. Okay. First couple of days, you don't work. I hope you did that because, you know, otherwise <laughs> you're in trouble. But you're in trouble anyway. No, it's all found and written out in Leviticus in the Old Testament, of course, in Deuteronomy. Um, main purpose is is really not to celebrate the harvest, although that is done generally this time of the year, right? It is really to celebrate God's provision during their 40 years in the wilderness, specifically when God, I mean, when uh, Moses, or God told Moses to strike the rock, and here came fresh water from the rock. That is one of the cases that is pointing to Jesus. Jesus is the rock flowing with living water. As the Apostle Paul would say later in a letter to the church, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So now we know. Awesome. Yes, it is. Everything points to Jesus in the Old Testament. I'm convinced of that. Everything. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. You're as funny as a cry for help. The Sound of Life. It is back, the Rosendale International Pickle Festival this Sunday. It's a big deal because it's the first time they've had it since COVID, so that's really neat. So I hope you're Pickle eating uh, expertise is sharpened, you know. I know they have contests like that. I think one of them is drinking pickle juice, but I didn't mean to mess up your cornflakes this morning. But, of course, a lot of pickles for sale and pickle judging, right? That's the thing right there. And whenever I think of pickles, I always think about Aunt B's pickles. They were horrendous, apparently. I can't imagine who somebody who was so apparently proficient in the kitchen could mess up making pickles, but I kind of want to know if you make pickles, if you have a pickle recipe, that would be cool. Right then, let us know. Yes, Corrine, you, do you make pickles? Um, no, I don't make pickles. Okay. Do but you, I love pickles. You like to eat them? Yes, I do. They're delicious. What's your favorite kind? Um, the dill pickles. Really? Yeah. They're sour pickles. Right. Would you make pickles? You know what? I would make them if I knew how. Oh, okay. I think they're pretty easy how to make. Okay. Yeah. Do you know anybody that does make pickles? Connie. Does she really? She does, really. How do you know that? Well, she told me she was going to bring in a jar one day. I haven't gotten yet, though. The Sound of Life. Some exciting news from the Antarctic, right? Four women have been selected to run the post office in Antarctica, and part of their job is counting penguins. Alrighty, and so uh, you go, girl. That's the way it is, right there. I'm telling you, I love it. It's an unusual job, of course. It's the kind that we are glad we. I mean, it's in Antarctica, counting penguins. I don't know. Have you ever seen photographs of like a bazillion penguins sitting on? I don't know if I. I can't barely get past, you know, a couple of hands worth of counting something, and I and my mind starts playing tricks on me. This is the world's most southerly post office and shop. And gift shop. <laughs> it's a gift shop. You gotta be kidding. Counting penguins. They probably got the penguin t-shirts. It's been closed since the pandemic, of course. And in preparation of reopening uh, at, at Antarctic Heritage Trust Post Office. Four job positions. A base leader, postmaster, shop manager, and wildlife monitor. <laughs> You're gonna be a wildlife monitor in Antarctica. It's pretty amazing. Think about what their mom and dad's thinking. Man, that's amazing. Wait, what's your daughter doing? She's counting penguins? <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. You know how many applications they got? Well, they got 4,000, which, I, I mean, considering I don't know how many people even knew it was open, right? It's 9,000 miles to this place that Claire and Marie and Natalie and Lucy and Vicky, they're going to be uh, Vicky had previously worked there, so she probably fill them all in for what you need, right? She's the uh, the week the team leader there, so they're they're going to be there. Uh, one of the things that you should know 
is that you don't have running water. Water doesn't run there because I don't. I think it's ice. <laughs> there, <clears throat> there's no uh, you know flushing facilities, as they say. You will deal with sub-zero temperatures, and they will live in almost entire daylight. So they, you got to go there in the daylight, otherwise it's total darkness and drive you out of your mind. And that's for about six months. And uh, so they're they're go- getting ready to go down there in October. And so there you go. That's, uh, oddly enough, a lot like what they told me that New York was going to be like before I moved up here from the South, believe it or not. That's kind of sounds very familiar to me. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. That's Andrew Ribb. The song is called Fill My Cup. 813, I'm Joe. Thinking about the line in there, Lord, I need you. It's always a great thing. But we don't know we need the Lord, do we? Till we're trapped two miles underground with no way out. Now that's, somebody once said one time, you know, when you're a miner trapped, and we've, we're used to those. We, we've had some of those with the coal mines and stuff. These miners in Chile who were freed on this day, it's the anniversary from 2010, were uh, copper miners. Right? You think about the precious metals in your phone and in the electronics and stuff that we're so used to. A lot of that stuff comes from a lot of hardship for people, and some of them are very young. These guys ranged in a lot of ages. But, you know, somebody said, when you're trapped in a mine and somebody bores through a hole that's a way out, you don't sit there and argue with them about, oh, whether there's enough light or not or whether it's bumpy on the way out or, you know, is the music just right on the way out? Because I don't know, you know. So when Jesus proved that he was the Messiah, he said, I'm the one that God has talked about for thousands of years. I have come, and it'll be my blood that seals the new covenant for you. I'm the only way to heaven. You better believe it and take it to the bank. Now, with that said, by the way, I just wanted to say, because talking about that, because it is the anniversary, they were freed, and if you were on the scene when they were, how could you forget it? Because it was dire news when it happened, and then it took a long time before they even got to them and figured out that there's guys down there. We're still alive, you know. I mean, it was an incredible thing. How are they going to sit there? And, of course, they got them air and food and stuff for 69 days, you know, just thinking about that. And so, of course, when they came out, they were praised for the solidarity, unity, the bravery. Of course, they had to. They didn't have any choice, did they? So times have been a lot tougher since then. Uh, Some of them have nightmares, as you can imagine. Uh, they're not going back to work in a mine, certainly, and finding work very difficult because people are suspect of what they'll do. Oh, they'll they'll flip out. They'll they'll just quit on me at any given time or something. One of them, uh, his name is Sepulveda. You may recognize that name. He's been featured in a lot of videos, kind of the spokesperson. He's uh, He travels. He's 49. He travels as a motivational speaker. He's apparently doing okay. But many of them are not. They're they're in money problems. They're trying to settle. Uh, one of them said, "Yeah, everybody thinks we got rich off of it and stuff. We didn't. We I don't know if they've gotten much at all." So I'm mentioning that to bring a reality to what's happened in the 12 years since then, and to say to remember to pray for them, especially today on this anniversary. You probably see it in the news a couple of different times. You know, these guys were just dropping their kids off at school, going to work. That's what they did. And it all changed, and their lives changed, and it's not easy to go through something like that. And they're undergoing counseling, there's no doubt about it. But, you know, they're in a place that maybe is way different than here. It's hard to understand, right? The one thing they all share, I guess, is bitterness. You know, because they just didn't get what they were promised from the government they would get, you know, and not looked at and stuff. But anyway, you know, there's all the different sides to the story. But uh, so pray for them today. As uh, God leads you to pray for them on this 12th anniversary. I mean, it was certainly miraculous that they they all survived. But whether they survive in two, you know, it's kind of interesting. The reality of the world is hitting hard on them. Like it does in a lot of people. Lord, I just ask the Holy Spirit to pray for them and, and to heal them. And and to bless them in the, in, in the way that you see fit. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Because the Rosendale International Pickle Festival is returning Sunday, it's a big deal because it hasn't been around since COVID. So a lot of things this year. It's a big deal. People are excited about it. So imagine 
the contest of how much pickled juice you can drink. I did, did, you know, I don't know if I want to win that one or not, but there's a lot of pickles, you know. So if you like pickles, that's what we're talking about today. And uh, somebody, a co-worker that would go unnamed, who loves dill pickles, actually said that our very own Connie uh, has a recipe for them. So, you know, I have to get a hold of Connie, find out all the details on that. So, Connie, you, you like pickles, right? Uh, Probably dill. Really? I do like pickled beets. Does that count as a pickle? I don't know. It is a kind of weird thing that you can just say pickle and mean that they're cucumbers that are pickled. Right. But you have to say pickled whatever else if it's something other than cucumbers. That's you know? true. You have to say pickled beets or pickled, I don't know what else, pickles. But <laughs> so, <laughs> pickled banana peppers, I think you can have. So yeah. somebody we know squealed on you and said that you had a pickle-making recipe? You know, actually, I just got recipes from the internet this year. But so what happened is I grew cucumbers for the first time. Oh. And I had like way too many plants, like nine plants. And they all produce, I don't know, you know, 40 pickles each or something like that. So I had way more pickles than we could eat fresh or that I could give away or anything. So I looked up some pickle recipes and I made some sweet pickles and I made some dill pickles and I still have I think two jars that I I figured out how to can them I had never canned anything before so I made the pickles canned the pickles and I still have two jars of those left so but they have to carry us through the winter you know until I can grow my cucumbers again (laughs) pretty cool right how many jars do you think you have Oh, just two left, but I made, I probably made five altogether, five or six. What's the general recipe for making pickles? I guess dill pickles is different than sweet pickles or whatever, I guess, right? Yeah, it's mainly, it's mainly vinegar. There's some garlic. Um, You can get something called pickling spices in the spice aisle at the grocery store. You can also just put uh, sprigs of fresh dill in there to make them dill pickles. But that's basically it. It's it's vinegar and um, some garlic and dill, sprigs of fresh dill that you put in there. And a little bit of salt. Is it a process? I mean, can I do it in like 30 minutes and have pickles? Uh, no, because they have to like sit for two weeks before you can <laughs> eat them. <laughs> in other words, that's yeah. but they have to get pickled. Yeah, it's a it's a process. So it's, it's a, a noun. Process. It's a noun and a verb. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That's, it, that's it's truly it or an adjective. Okay, you you pickled, know, yeah, pickled it's, whatever. It's pickled. Yeah. Okay, well that makes sense. Okay, I like that then. And how come yeah. you brought none of them into work? Oh, I can bring some in if you'd like. <laughs> A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Oh, you look like a man who could use more coffee. The Sound of Life. For some reason, turned out to be a big day in, in well, space, really. October 14th, who would have thought it? Three things. Chuck Yeager, test pilot, back in 1947, he broke the sound barrier for the first time. They didn't think it was even able to do that. What a brave person. Wow. And the astronauts going up Apollo 7 in 1968. First live telecast from a staff spacecraft. And then in 2012, not all that long ago, remember the guy in the spacesuit on the edge of the Earth, way up high? They were, see, because they now know to video everything. Well, it was live broadcast, I believe. He's standing out there 24 miles high in a spacesuit, and he's going to jump off and parachute to the Earth. His name is Felix Baumgartner. Remember him? Yeah. He uh, set three world records that day. Highest man balloon flight, highest parachute jump, and greatest free fall velocity. He got into a spin. He admitted, I had no idea how I was going to get out of it. And he survived, and I think he was... uh, You know, he's he's had issues that human beings have. It's amazing. One thing is cool... He has a really cool tattoo on his forearm. It says, Born to Fly. Very interesting. Really so. But he said something very interesting. Felix Baumgartner did. You have to think about this, right? Because I talk a lot about how much you, you battle in your mind because you get ideas, you get doubts and things all messing in your mind, right? He said, the only thing standing... Oh, and by the way, Felix Baumgartner, he was the kid in school that was always in the ER or always at the nurse's office. I would always imagine that. Because there was like nothing that he wouldn't try. He said, my biggest regret is just not trying it. 
<laughs> and and he proved it out, didn't he? He said the only thing standing between your goal is all the baloney story you keep telling yourself as to why you can't achieve it. Totally. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. You know, it's interesting when they star, uh, not not the star, but one of uh, the stars, I guess you could say, one of the characters in The Chosen, if you're familiar with The Chosen, it's uh, you can see them on YouTube. You There's an app that you can get. That's the way I watch. Uh, you can. It's crowdfunded, so you can watch all of them for free, and you can make a donation every once in a while if you want to. It's really cool, just to tell you that. Now, he plays the character of Philip. All right. So he lives out in L.A. Now, when he's out hiking and he runs into a mega star singer performer, you would think that he would be the one witnessing to the star out in L.A. on the trail there. But it was actually the other way around. His name is Yoshi Barigas. And maybe you know him. He's the actor that portrays Philip in The Chosen. He's out hiking, right? And he decided he wanted to read some. So he finds a nice little spot and he's reading away. And then he hears this commotion. To be precise, girls squealing is what he heard. And thought, what? I couldn't see what was going on. A few minutes later, I hear a voice says, hey, what you reading? And I look up and it's Justin Bieber. And he's, like, interested in what I'm reading. And so we just have this little back-and-forth conversation. How you doing today? All this stuff. And suddenly, Justin Bieber stops. And he says, you know what? I just really feel led to invite you to my church. He said, I, I know, it, it's, you know, it's really odd. He said, I tell you what, we'll go. If you don't like it, in the middle of it, we'll go get a beer. How's that? And he's thinking, wow, can't beat that, right? <laughs> and he said... Justin Bieber's inviting me to church. Of course I'm going to go with him. <laughs> Absolutely. And he goes, and he keeps on going. And he keeps on going for months. And gave his life to Christ. Isn't that cool? <laughs> that's, that's, that's one of the coolest things ever, right? They were teaching parables in the New Testament. And he said I, it, it was just absolutely incredible. He said, um, I think if we're going to show justice... And what, and what we're doing is we're just trying to take this text and create a visual environment that represents what the text says. People who are agnostic or not just interested in faith now will have a way of understanding the text without all this dogma surrounding their entryway. You know, they're able to freely make up their minds for themselves and connect the material with their eyes now. He's talking about the chosen. A lot of people have said that. So the first couple of episodes, getting back on track right there. It's actually pretty cool. And uh, some really good news about that maybe surprise you. You're like, are you saying that? Or did you get the right person? <laughs> this megastar is witnessing to another guy on the trail. Isn't that pretty cool? I mean, how many times would I have done that if I was out and saw some guy reading and I had no idea who it was? I just feel led to bring you to my church. Wow, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. I got some ideas for family fun night. Might be that time of the year. Probably is since Susan Merrill with imom.com is weighing in on that. And if you, I'll post the link to the 20 ideas for family fun night on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page. And once you go there, then you'll be linked. You can link in to things from iMom. They post stuff every day. They'll send you an email every day. They'll drive you nuts with all kinds of ideas and stuff. <laughs> but you won't be a waste of time. You know, uh, it's amazing. And some of them you know about. Maybe you've tried them. And some of them will be like, ah, you know what? That's kind of a neat surprise right there. Costume night, you know. Twisted bowling, miniature golf night. Oh, it's always good. Maybe Miniature golf, got a few more weeks of that left. I don't know, home video night, things like that. You know, you can check it out. Give it a try. You'd be surprised the things your kids like to do. And, you know, they may roll their eyes in the beginning. But, hey, a few hours, maybe more, off the screens, eating and stuff, you know, and having a good time, having fun, watching their parents do something a little bit different, you know, just to get out of the routine. It's really great stuff. Really neat there. I was just kind of looking to see if I had a, a favorite, you know. I like dinner, you know. Individual dinner night. I think that's a pretty good thing, Amen. right? <laughs> Amen. Yeah.
Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't imagine traveling to school every day without it. It helps me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The Sound of Life. Hey, I'm Joe. Welcome to Cup of Joe Morning Show. Some time to time I've talked about schools that ban cell phones from the classroom. Or actually, I think it's in the entire school. I think they collect them when you come in. Now, <laughs> these, are, I believe, are private schools that are doing this. I don't know what the legal ramifications are, but I know nowadays uh, some parents are like very reluctant to have uh, their child without a way to communicate. You know, not that for like a, a bazillion years we all did it. You know, without, we went to the payphone. I don't even know that there is one now. We went to the home office, went to the nurse's station or something if something happened. Right, we can always can get in touch with whoever we need to get in touch with, but this one class thought. Somebody asked the question: Should we ban cell phones in the classroom in school? In this one classroom, typical second period, thirty kids in there, abbreviated time because of a meeting. Something it was less than an hour, about fifty-two minutes of class. Every student turned off the vibrate on their phone and set the phone at full volume and placed them on a common table. And every time the phone issued a notification, the student had to place a mark on a whiteboard under the correct category of which there were six. I'm going to try to at least post the photograph of the whiteboard in the period two classroom with six categories Snapchat, Instagram, a call, Twitter, an iMessage text, or email. Okay? That is certainly not everything, but I was quite surprised at how calls and emails are way overrated. Brother, it is Snapchat that's happening around school. And you if you're a teacher, you may be going, mm, or maybe a student, you're like, that's right. Uh, it was a shortened classroom. Uh, this particular teacher, she teaches a program where the students tend to be more academically focused than one would find in more general classes, <laughs> which I'm laughing because if you see the graph of how many notifications their phone receives in less than an hour of class, it will stop your speech. You'll be speechless. And the graph makes it look a little better. There were only 17 calls. Oh, see, I said calls, calls and emails, 16 emails. <laughs> Way overrated. Oh, yeah. We get to Twitter. Now we're getting up there. 21 notifications of Twitter. Instagram, 24. Text messaging, 33, 33, so that's more than one time in the class for each phone. And Snapchat, 37 notifications in less than an hour of class, all right, in a, uh, a high academic class. That's what's going on in school. And, and remember, a lot of those came from within the school, so that's more interruptions to create them anyway. All right. So then it doesn't include, you know, student in initiates by watching a video, listening to music, playing a game, sending pictures of exam questions to students who will be taking a test later in the day. <clears throat> and most of the text calls and other messages are being initiated by students in other classrooms. So in addition to 148 learning interruptions in this teacher's classroom, there are at least 100 students elsewhere in the school distracted, okay, from what they were in. So, whew, I mean, I think years ago it was uttered a very simple statement by Mr. Barney Fife. Nip it in the bud. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Hey, I am Joe. Welcome. We're talking about... Uh, Movie and theaters, Lyle, Lyle, Crocodile, got a four out of five family-friendly rating now, you know. Older kids probably want to go see the movie that's coming out, of course, this time of the year. It has been for a while. 
Yes, she's she's still alive. She is still, I don't think she's babysitting anymore, but Laurie Strode, still alive and, and living in the town of Haddonfield, Illinois. And believe it or not, can you handle this now? This You have to sit down to get this news. And the name of the movie tells it all. Halloween ends. <laughs> That's right. Halloween is ending with this movie. You have to end sometime, right? Everything has a beginning and an end. And since 1978, when she was a babysitter, teenager, <laughs> and dealing with all the stuff that's in that movie. And the thing is, though, kids are going to want to go see this because that's just the way it is. It is an R-rated horror movie that was made contemporarily. You know, long way from 1978 we are. And not in a real good way, if you know what I'm talking. I mean, it's it's... I don't do them anymore, thankfully. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things, I believe, that... Uh, but it, it's it's one of those things in our culture, right? The way the culture gets you. Uh, they're really good on television about that with the sitcoms. And I don't mean to be, you know, cursing the darkness, right? You're a light. You're there, it is. And you know. But to realize that some, a lot of times you don't realize that it's happening. And you start watching a sitcom, and you start liking. And there's got to be a character on it, just about all of them. If they're on television for more than a year, there's somebody on there that you like to look forward to seeing their character. And then after a while, maybe the character expresses a worldview, you know, a cultural view. You find out something, and it's very hard. That's That really changes the culture because people like them. And they listen to what they say. It's very powerful. It's been very powerful in our culture. And to tell you the truth, I mean, that's the reason you should pray. And every day I try, it's out there, Master Media International post it uh, every day. And I try to post on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page a media leader, usually a producer or a company owner. Sometimes it's a celebrity, but usually they're the cultural influencers. And all the people in music and the actors and stuff, like Jamie Lee Curtis in the movie. You know, what she says, she goes on a talk show. What she says, very, very powerful impact that she has. So, I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought it was. I, I just found out about that, and you're probably way ahead of me. But I always, I was checking plugged in movie review for Lyle Lyle Crocodile, and I saw. What's the name of the movie Halloween Ends? Oh, that's the name of the movie, Halloween Ends. Thank you, Lord. Well, yeah. <laughs> on with the show. Amen. You've been listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast on the Sound of Life, the Hudson Valley's 100% listener-funded Christian radio station. For more information on upcoming events, contests, to ask for prayer, and to become a member of the Sound of Life family by supporting the station, visit us at soundoflife.org.